feel so led to use a line from that song as the title of my message. It's not the title that I have on my notes. And the title is, Our God is Stronger, He Can Do All Things. Amen. What a good title that is. I wish I'd thought of it. For our God is stronger, He can do all things. Over the past 18 days, uh, as I stared behind the windshield for 5,635 miles, amen. All of you that went, ooh, had three children in the back seat. The opportunity for one of them to get in the front seat with us, but I so not allowed to happen. I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, as you drive, you you uh, get out of the machine. You know what I mean? You you're in the machine, working, living, that grass, you know, it leaves that. You're just doing all this stuff. You're in your machine. It's working and moving, and then you get out of your machine, right? If you're out of Kansas now, you know, dogs are going to get the new If you're out, I'm out of East Tobago. I'm out now. So I'm out of this machine. I'm driving. We're driving. It's watching movies. We're listening to messages of, you know, great preachers. Uh, we tried to tune in Brother John last Sunday. It just it, it didn't happen. We tried to. We, we wanted to hear Brother John preach, and, and we were on the road, and, and we wanted to do that. Uh, as we're driving, and, and you, know, you think a lot about what you see. You think a lot about the great mountains. And we don't have mountains. Our mountains are hills compared to what is out west. Um, you know, we were upwards to eight, 9,000 know, feet above sea level. Uh, the highest in Alabama is what, 2,300? Is it Chee Hall, something like that? It's probably way off. So I didn't even look it up. I'm just throwing that out. It's like, um, you believe in preacher? It's a roundabout. I could be totally wrong. But you see these great mountains, and, and uh, you just see the landscape that uh, God created. And of course, you know, you hear the world's opinion about how, how all of that was created. And, uh, our kids, I think, were tired of hearing Dad say millions of years ago. I believe I said it a lot everywhere we get. Hey guys, just remember. You're going to hear millions of years ago. Which I think it takes more faith to believe that than it does that somebody did. Don't you? Surely it takes more faith that this all happened from 63 million years ago. One lady said we came from water and stars. I thought, I thought, keep a straight face. I had the sunglasses on. She couldn't see my reaction in my eyes. Although I've not taught my children well to do that. Looking at the earth, looks at me, I'm like, just look forward. We're outnumbered. We're outnumbered. I always thought I was carrying water, right? I think that's why. Come to water and something. Some of you are like, yes, that's it. So as you look and you see all of that, I begin to think, we have a big God. And I don't think those songs could have been any more perfect. You and I had not talked. We had not talked. Um, and I don't think the songs could have been any more perfect than what God would have us to hear this morning. We have a big God. So you look at the, the landscape, 
and then to see all the people. Now that's where things get interesting. Because they're not our kind of people. You understand what I'm saying? We have personal space. Like, don't get in my bubble. Like, we can talk, love, good to see you, but then let's separate a little bit and we can have a conversation. But you begin to meet all kinds of people, all kinds of backgrounds, and from all kinds of places and different ideas of where we come from and, and who God is. Is there a God? A lot of Asians. Lots of Asians. Uh, you don't know what they're saying. You think they're talking about you, but they're probably not. And then you have to worry about your children, what they say around. Because you're surrounded by Asians. I'm not talking about I'm just saying there's a lot of them. They're busloads. I mean, they're just coming in by the droves, and you're all alone. It's you. It's the white man. And I mean, there's, there's just a lot of them. And, and God bless them, man. They're coming to see the country. It's wonderful. They're paying taxes. Until, until you have one of your children that says, What are they saying? My six year old, Dad, what are they saying? Are they speaking Spanish? He only knows two languages English and Spanish. That's it. He don't know no. Are they speaking Spanish? Some of you just be quiet because I'm pretty sure they don't know this. So just, um, we'll talk about it once we get back to the camp of the truck. Just, let's, just, let's just get back and we'll discuss this. Well, I'm just, I don't know what they're saying. So I, I don't either. And I, I'm supposed to know it all, but I don't. I, I just don't. Well, then, uh, my six year old decides he should try to sound like it. <laughs> <laughs> if, they'd under, if they didn't understand what are they saying, I bet they understood when my six year old went, I trust you, show up. Son, son, please. Like, I, we're outnumbered here. We're outnumbered. I'm, I mean, we got a long way to go. Yes, we go. So you, you see all these people, we got to go to uh, Mormon country in Utah and Farmington, go to the temple. As a believer, you ought to always think, do they know the Lord? They're experiencing all of God's great creation, but do they know the creator? And so my mind kind of went as you think about the hills and the mountains and the valleys and creeks and rivers and waterfalls and animals. Do they, do they know the Lord as I know the Lord? I want to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, Paul talking to believers in the Corinthian church, the church of Corinth. And he reminds them of the power of God and the wisdom of God. This is a passage of scripture that someone used recently that I heard from and, and really opened my eyes to the power of God. So if you found your place, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we'll read starting in verse 18, if you'll stand with me as we honor the Lord in our reading, knowing that what we're about to read is the living word of God. It's infallible. It's right. There's no wrong in this. What we read is right. Paul says, starting in verse 18, for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is the power of God to us who are being saved. 
Remember, it says, who are perishing, not they would may, or they could perish. They're dying, they're dead. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will set aside the intelligence of the intelligent. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the, the debater of this age? Hasn't God made the world's wisdom foolish? For since in God's wisdom the world did not know God through wisdom, God was pleased to save those who believe through the foolishness of what is preached. You know what that means? You will never be smart enough to know God. Even the wisest of the wise must be humble enough to surrender their heart and life to Jesus. You didn't come to know the gospel because you were smart enough. You didn't come to know Jesus because there was option A and option B looked smarter to you. It says you were saved because God was pleased to save those who believed the foolishness of the gospel. For the Jews ask for signs, and the Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. Yet to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, this is you and me. To those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because God's foolishness, listen, God's foolishness is wiser, uh, wiser than human wisdom. And God's weakness is stronger than human strength. You know what Paul says? Paul says, I know you think you're smart, and I know you think you're strong. But God's foolishness is wiser than you are. And God's weaknesses are stronger than the strongest man. Now, is God foolish and weak? No. But if he were, he'd be stronger than you. And if there were any foolishness in God, he'd be wiser than you. I think Paul's basically telling us, you're an idiot, you're weak, sit down and trust in the Lord. That's my translation. I got that from Ellis. I think that's what Paul teaches us. And why we should totally depend and trust in him. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. You're good. You're big. You're strong. You're mighty. Your power is far beyond our comprehension, but we're thankful. Are there people in this room, they need the power of God today. They need to know that you are a good, good Father and that all your ways are perfect. Father, help us to trust in you more. Lord, there's people in this room that are facing situations, there are upcoming things that are happening, and they're praying that they're going to need you to do a big thing. And I pray you'll do that. And the result of that is not that they would boast in themselves, but they would only boast in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. I get from this passage that God is three things. Now, let me give you just an insert here. God is not just these three things. God, are, God is so many more things than what I'm going to say, but from this passage and from what I need in my own life at the moment, but I believe you need in your life at the moment. God is three things. Number one, God is big. He's big. Number two, God is wise. He's, he's wise. And number three, God is strong. Now, I tell you, God is so much more than that. I, I dare not limit God on just those three characteristics 
Please don't hear me limiting God on just those three. But for this passage and for me and for you, for our church, God is big. Amen? And I don't mean big in physical size, big in power, big in might. God is big, God is wise, and God is strong. He's all of those things for us. When you examine the landscape of just our country, just the United States of America, you begin to realize and see a couple of these things. You, you begin to realize that his creation is vast. It's huge. I don't even have a word to explain it. It's, it's humongous. It's, it's very big. You look up to the tallest of mountains, and you look down at the deepest of valleys and the canyons, and then when you get to certain places of our country, you can see probably 50 miles. You see your destination, and it, it, it's as if it's moving away from you as you travel to it. Some of you have been there. You've been out west. You've seen what I'm talking about. You can't help but to look at this canyon, look at the waterfall, look at the mountains, and go, God, you are big. This is huge. Look how big this is. At the same time, you end up going, look how small I am. Look how tiny I am compared to all of this. In some of the uh, mountains that we uh, would drive on, you would look what seemed like miles and you would see just a speck of a car. And you, you, it just gives you perspective on how big that mountain is. And then how big a car is. You and I know how big a car is. Then I can fit in that car. You begin to think, God, you are big. Who am I? Who am I? I mean, who am I in comparison, God, to who you are? God is big. We are mere specks on the grand design that he's created. You and I are small. What you and I need to know, I think this is why over and over the scriptures say, humble yourselves. I think God's trying to tell us you're not as big and as bad and as good as you think you are. You're not as important as you think you may be. God is big. We're not. He's big. How vast is the creation of the creator and how much more vast is the hand that created it? How vast is God's creation? We drove 5,630 miles, 35 miles, and only saw a small, tiny portion of just earth, just, this, just our country. You began to know how vast is the creation of the Creator, and how much more vast is the hand that created it. Amen? God is big. Not only is he big, God is wise. You think of the wisest person you know. Maybe a parent, a grandparent, or a friend, a co-worker, or boss, or whoever you're thinking of. A teacher, professor, think of the wisest person you know, and God's wisdom greatly surpasses theirs. This is why you should go to God first in all your endeavors and confusions. Why? Because God is wise. Even God's foolishness is wiser than the wisest man. If God were, if there were any foolishness in God, it would be wiser than you, wiser than the wisest person.
you've ever known or you've ever, ever met. This is why you go to God first. This is why you go to, get, go to Him in your endeavors and your confusions and your conversations and your decisions. Why? Because God is wise. He knows all things, the Bible says. He is all things. So we go to the Lord. We go to Him. If there's any foolishness in God, it's foolishness is wiser than yours. God is big. He's wise. God is strong. Aren't you thankful? You think of the strongest person you know, and God's strength greatly surpasses their strength. I remember, I can't remember if it was Noah or Will, but I know it was one of them. One day we were trying to do something, or some, one of them said, my dad can do it. You know, because I thought, yes, yes, you got about that. Yes, he can. I thought, Lord, please let me pick this up. I know this is heavy. I don't want to hurt myself, but I have gotten fruit in my sight to do it. And to most children, Daddy can do anything, right? He's strong. And many of you in this room, you're strong. Not only physical strength, you're strong. You've been through some junk. You've been through some mess, and man, God's pulled you through it. You are strong. But as strong as you are, God is strong. That is why we never turn our eyes off of Him and trust in our own self. We always trust in Him. It's why we go to Him in our endeavors and our confusions. It's why we go to God first in all of our needs, our prayers and petitions, and not yourself or anyone else. Why? Because He's wiser than the wisest and He's stronger than the strongest. Amen? He, he is. He's big. If only we would have a bigger view of who God is rather than just this machine, this little small bubble we live in on a regular basis. God is so much bigger than you've ever thought. He's so much wiser than you've ever imagined. He's so much stronger than you've ever experienced in your life. H.B. Charles is a phenomenal preacher. Go look H.B. Charles, a phenomenal preacher of the Word. As we were driving one of the days, I don't remember, we were listening to H.B. Charles, and listen to what he said on this topic. If the feeblest power put forth surpass the powers of man, how great must be his might. If the feeblest power, you know what that means? Just a tiny, just a small portion of the power of God, put forth of God, surpasses the power of all of man, how great must be his might. He goes on. If the powers of man who rears works of art, who levels mountains and elevates the valleys, if the power uh, which reared the pyramids be as nothing when compared with the feeblest putting forth of divine power, how mighty must be his honor. How vast that strength which made and which upholds the rolling worlds. How are his people in his hands and how easy for him to crush his foes to death. That's God. That's who he is. And if the feeblest of power put forth from the divine God is greater than all the power of man, how mighty must he be. Amen. How strong must he be. It's why we sing to him. It's why we worship Him. It's why we come to church and gather and talk about just how good God is and what He's done in our life. It's why we pray to Him. Because we know our God is stronger 
And he can do all things. He can do anything. It reminds me of a song. You know me. Most of you. Maybe the younger ones may not. Most of you in there know this song. And when I start it, you're going to finish it. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. What? There's nothing my God cannot do for you. Isn't that true? My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. Listen, there is nothing that my God cannot do for you. Aren't you thankful for that? God is big. And maybe we have a big view of who he is. To know that he can do anything. I have questioned myself whether I should move on with my notes. I battled with that this morning. And I'm not going to. You know, we're going to get out early. No. I've been gone for two seconds. In our uh, time, away, I've been able to read a good bit. And I finished Genesis and I started at Exodus. What a cool picture of how big God is. Of what God did in those times. If God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing that God cannot do for you or for me. Who, I begin to ask the question, well, who is God to me? Who is God to us? Who is this big, wise, strong God, God to us? And how can we relate to him? And what I know is to be true in the scriptures is this. God is big. But we also know that you are special to him. Everybody. You, me, the co-worker that gets on your nerve, the family member that just can't get it right, they're special to him. In one of our hikes, we were walking, and you maybe you could just see these mountains and valley. Pictures don't do justice. And, and Lily was right there, and I said, get looking. I mean, just look at all of this. God created all of this. And he created for us to enjoy. And when you look at all of this that we see, you see the canyons, the mountains, and every bit of this, I told you that every bit of this obeys God perfectly. Every bit of it. The rocks obey Him perfectly. They never disobey God. The trees obey God perfectly. They never disobey God. The waters obey God perfectly. They never disobey God. The birds and the air, the, the sun, the stars, the dirt on the ground, it obeys the Lord perfectly. Never uh, disobeying Him. And God could have chose all of that to have a relationship with him. But he didn't. He chose you. And he chose me. And Paul describes some of that in the, in the remaining verses of chapter 1. That God chose you. He chose me. Something that doesn't obey him perfectly. Something that disobeys him perfectly. That disobeys him constantly, yet God chose you. God chose me to have a relationship with him. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that, isn't that an amazing thing? That God could have chosen. He could have chosen all of those things to have a relationship with him. They obey him perfectly. But God looked at man that disobeys him perfectly and said, I'll take you. You, I'll have a relationship with you. And so you are special to the Lord. You are in his sight, 
God is big. You are special and creation obeys him perfectly, but yet God shows us. <laughs> Who is God to me? How can I relate to him? In Exodus chapter 3, you know the story. Moses, uh, the people of Israel, the Israelites, were uh, being oppressed by Pharaoh. Big time. I mean, you know, they, uh, Moses looked at Pharaoh and he made harder on them. He's like, take the wheat away so they can keep making bricks, the same amount of bricks every day, but don't even supply them with the necessary things to make the bricks. They made it harder on them. Who is God and how can I relate to him? This is who God is. I want you to hear this. This is who God is. Moses goes and has a talk with the Lord in chapter 3. You know the burning bush. It's, a, it's just a cool experience. And Moses told, or God told Moses to what to do to go to uh, the Israelites and tell them that I'm going to take you out and this is what you want to do. And listen, in, in Exodus chapter 3, Verse 13, Moses asked God, If I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What should I tell them? Because you know they're going to ask. You know they're going to ask. Who's this guy coming? You've been hiding because you're afraid of your life, so you're going to come out and, and just all of a sudden take millions of people out of Egypt. Who are you and who is this God? What is his name? And Moses says, God, what should I tell them? And what does God say in verse 14? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. What kind of name is that? I am who I am. This is what you were to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Can you picture Moses? Going to the Israelites? All right, listen. I was out in the wilderness, and a bush was burning, but it never burned up. It was uh, on fire, but it never consumed. I'm like, what? It was burning, but it never burned up. Yeah, I, I know. It sounds ludicrous, but just stay with me. And so then I thought God was talking to me from the bush, and we had a conversation. Some people have checked out already. You probably would have. And God, what did God say? Well, he, he told me, get the Israelites, we're going to move out of here. Wait a minute. That we're all just going to leave. You think Pharaoh's going to do that? I don't know. It's just what God said. He said we're all going to leave. Who told you that? What God? What is his name? I am. Right, I'm asking you, who, who was it? What was his name? I am. No, not you. You hear this conversation happening. You're Moses. What's the name of God? God's on, I am. I know who you are. God. Who, what's his name? I am. You're not God. You're Moses. You hear this conversation going on. Have an odd name. And then you flip over to chapter 6. God tells Moses, therefore tell the Israelites, listen, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from the forced labor of the Egyptians and rescue you from slavery to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and great acts of judgment. I will take you as my people. I will be your God. You will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from the forced labor of the Egyptians. I will bring you to the land of thy sword. It's a good name here, my eyes, but Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. It's an odd name of God, but here's what I believe God wanted them to know. Now, I believe here's what God wanted you and I to know. When we look at the vastness of the creation of God and we think how wise, how strong, and how big God is, He's not just God, He is I Am. 
He is the I am. And here's what I think God is teaching them. Here's what I think God taught me on our trip. And God is teaching us of just how do we have a relationship with Him. He is the I am. That means when you're having marriage problems and you say, how are we going to make it? God says, I am. Who's going to get us through these marriage problems? God says, I am. When the bills start piling up on your table, you say, oh, how are we going to pay our bills? God says, I am. Who can pay our bills? Like God says, I am. I can. I will. Oh, God, my teenager, they're rebelling, Lord. They're, they're doing things they shouldn't. God, who's going to rescue them? God says, I am. I can. That's who I am. It's what I do. Where I'm in depression, my job's not going well. Co-workers, all these things. I got that heart, that attitude, that outlook of life. How am I going to make through this? How am I going to get through this period of my life? Who's going to help me? God says, I am. I am. I'll do that. Lord, I've got some things coming up. They're hard decisions I have to make. And God, I don't know what to do. And I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Who's going to help me? My family's like, who's going to help me? God says, I am. I will. He told the Israelites, I will do this. You just trust in me. I will bring you out of oppression. I will provide for your table. I will bring protections over you. I will do that. He is the I am to you. He is the I am to me. Who's going to carry me through this life? God says, I am. I will. He's not just God. He's not just Lord. He is the I am. He's telling the Israelites and he's telling you, whatever you face in your life, whatever you question in your life, you go back to my name, I am. It's me. Who kept you safe in that car accident? Or who kept you going after you lost your job? Who kept you moving forward after a relationship was broken? Who kept you going with, with, with a smile and joy in your heart? God says, I, I did. Alright. And when you question everything in your life and you say, What is going to help me through all this? Who is going to help me? God in the whisper in your heart says, I I will. But God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. Listen, there is nothing that my God cannot do for you. You know what? He is I am. He literally is all things to all people. He is the great I am. So when you bury your face in prayer and despair, God says, I am. Who's going to help? I am. Who's going to lead? I am. Who's going to walk? I am. Who's going to fix my relationship? I am. Who's going to fix my marriage? I am. Who's going to care about finances? I am. Who's going to protect me? I am. And I will. And he's trustworthy. <coughs> You know what? He can do. Because my God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there is nothing, nothing that God cannot do for you. If and only if you will put your trust in Him. Just lay it in His hands. You say, who's going to take all of my frustrations and issues? God says, I will. I will. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We're thankful for you. We're thankful that you are the great I am. We're thankful that we have a relationship with you that 
Though everything obeys you perfectly but us, you chose us. Lord, we're thankful for that you are so big, so strong, and so mighty. Lord, there's nothing that you cannot do. And God, there's people in this room, they need that God today. There's people in this room, they're facing circumstances in their life. They need a God that is so big and so mighty, there's nothing that you can't do. So listen, if you're in this room and that's you, you say, Pastor Mike, I, I need that God. I, I'm facing some situations, maybe some upcoming procedures or things that are happening. Lord, I, Mike, I want to trust Him. I, I want to trust in the Lord. I, I need Him to do a, a big thing. Listen, you pray and God answers, I am. That's the only answer you need to your prayers. I am. Listen, listen. Amen. I am is here. And so I'll invite you to come and pray. Lift up those things to Him so that you in return can hear the great I am is listening. Maybe you're here this morning and you need to put all of your trust in Him. Maybe you need to trust in the I am. For the first time today, we invite you to do that. I'll be down front. Pastor Matt, Pastor John, we'll be down front. We'd love to talk with you. Maybe you need to come and just pray or, or talk with one of the pastors and say, I need a God so big and so mighty. I've got something big and I need, I need, uh, I need some help with it. We'd love to pray with you. Father, Lord, speak to our hearts much better than I can. Lord, help us to love you more, trust in you better. God, help us to follow you all the days of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Will you stand and sing?